Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 71. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and I'm your host today. And you are following me along on a journey as I have quit my job and moved to Key West. I came from South Carolina to Key West, and I am trying to set up a business that can then replace my six-figure job that I left. So this is the journey that we're on. And today, I want to talk to you about two very important lessons that I've learned. I want to be respectful of your time, so I'm not going to take any longer than I absolutely have to, but I wanted to talk to you about two aspects of business that have become very clear to me in the past couple of uh, days and or weeks. And if if you haven't listened before, my business is a food cart that I have set up down at the world-famous Sunset Celebration at Mallory Square in Key West. It's a wonderful uh, project to be a part of the celebration. I mean, the celebration itself is a fantastic uh, show. It's a, a venue. It's a festival. It's all those things, and it happens every single night. So if you're ever in Key West at Sunset, Come find me down on Mallory Square. Sometimes you'll find yourself in Key West during the day, and uh, there's also going to be an artisan market down during the day if you're in Key West um, from a cruise ship or anything like that. So this is my story, and this is the saga of the ongoing effort to make a viable business. Um, if you've listened to other, the other episodes, you know I've had the roller coaster ride. I've had the ups and the downs. I've had the highs and the lows. I've had the, you know, pump your fist in the air. Yes, that was good. And I put your head in your hands and cry some good tears because that was a major epic fail. So I've been through all of the emotions. And there's two things that I wanted to talk to you about today that have become very clear to me. And it can apply not only to my business, but to your business as well. My business and what I'm making right now on my food cart, I use liquid nitrogen to make a frozen caramel corn, and I use liquid nitrogen to make ice cream. Now, both of those products rely heavily on liquid nitrogen. I can't freeze it without the liquid nitrogen. And what I have run into um, facing this morning, I don't know whether I will be able to get liquid nitrogen today. I need some today. And generally, um, I'm in Key West, and there's only one place that sells liquid nitrogen that I can get it from. So I am unusual in that I don't have a backup supplier for this just because of my location. The keys are very remote. I could drive three hours away up to Miami and get some, but again, that's a whole day's drive to get um, $100 worth of uh, liquid nitrogen. So it's like, you know, do you spend $100 worth of gas to uh, go get $100 worth of liquid nitrogen and all day as well? So anyway, what I wanted to tell you and talk to you about is, here. here's my situation. I generally call because uh, ahead of time to my air gas place and go ahead and try to schedule when I can stop by. There's only one person there that can dispense the liquid nitrogen because of their uh, certifications and regulations that they have. 
and if he is out on deliveries all day long, there's one day a week he goes up the Keys. It's generally on Thursday, so I know I can't really get any uh, liquid nitrogen on Thursday, so I try to work around that. But at the same time, I have to plan to go by when the guy that can dispense it is in the office. And because the same guy that dispenses it is also the delivery driver, you can see my problem here. So I'm always having to tap dance, and I don't want to, I live 30 miles outside of Key West, I don't want to have to make a trip into Key West just for that, and then come home, and then three or four hours later go back into Key West for the Mallory Square celebration, because then I double my cost on that. So what I'm trying to do is plan when I get my liquid nitrogen and make sure I can always have access to it. Well, I called uh, two days ago on Tuesday, and I said, can I come by on Wednesday and get some liquid nitrogen? I wanted to come by on Wednesday afternoon. And she said, well, no, you can't because we're actually out of it right now. And she said, I'm trying to call them and get the Miami location to drive some from Miami to Key Largo, which is probably 40 miles, maybe 40 or 50 miles, so that whenever my guy is up there tomorrow, he can actually pick some up and bring some back. So... She said, so I won't know until if you want to call me Thursday morning. Well, it's now Thursday morning, and they open in a couple hours here. And so I will be calling to see if I can get my hands on liquid nitrogen. Now, if I can't get my hands on liquid nitrogen, then essentially my business does not exist. Um, I cannot do what I do with just liquid nitrogen. So... It's one of those things where this is a common problem with a lot of businesses, and it might not be liquid nitrogen with you. With your business, it might be a particular machine. And you know what? It could be a particular employee that you are so heavily reliant on that if that machine failed, or if that employee quit, or if that supplier that you're using, the only supplier you've ever had, goes out of business, then you are essentially out of commission for your business. And it is very, very important that you look at your business and analyze where these, you know, I would call them constraints, um, lie in your process so that you can get ahead of them. Now, in other situations, I have already exhausted calling every welding supply place in the Keys to see if they actually sell liquid nitrogen. And I cannot find anyone that does. Now, there is a, possi there is a possibility that there is a place in Key Largo, which is maybe an hour and a half or so from me. And I've been able to call them before and never gotten anyone live to answer the phone. And so I, that's one place that I don't know about or whether they actually sell it and could dispense it to me. But uh, it, it's just, I mean, it's it, that's, I'm limited. You might not be in your locations. You might have be in a big city where you have plenty of uh, people that could fix the machine. You have plenty of people you could outsource your work to while the machine is being repaired. You might have plenty other employees. You might have plenty other vendors that you could choose from. But those are things that you really need to look at and think about because when it comes right down to it, if your business stops because of one uh, reliance on one thing or one person or one piece of equipment, you are essentially out of business for that day. 
And because of that, it can cause you to retool and rethink how you do your business. One of the things that I am doing with my business is I am trying to add multiple product lines that don't rely on liquid nitrogen. I want that to be a huge part of what I do, but at the same time, I don't want it to be all of what I do because of this exact situation. And so I am, you know, working on developing some more things that I can sell on my food cart. So think about that. Look at your processes, look at your suppliers, look at your vendors. And these are all things that if you got ahead of the curve and you anticipated any potential catastrophes or, um, you know, work stoppages with what your business is, then you also can can keep yourself going whenever there is a problem. And it might be that you use a particular vendor to do something, but if that vendor could not perform and, and give you what you needed, maybe you needed maybe it's time to bring something in house. Maybe it's time to look for a backup vendor. And maybe it's the type of thing where you need to get go ahead and start giving them enough business so that you know if times got tough with one vendor, you could actually just continue to shift more in your more of your business to another vendor. I see these things happen all the time, and I've actually seen them happen in companies that I've worked for before, where one particular vendor uh, handles a large portion of it providing inventory for the business, and whenever there is a problem with that vendor, then the whole entire business suffers. So think about your business. Think about what you want to do uh, if you're building a business and try to go ahead and figure out where your vulnerabilities are and get ahead of them and figure out what you would do to mitigate that situation if it came up. You know, it really, it could be a piece of equipment. It could be a truck. If, you are, if you're a delivery business or you're a business that relies on making calls or doing a route and your truck goes down, I've got the same thing. I've got a food cart that I put on the road every single day. You know, a flat tire at this point could almost put me out of business. So I need to look at what, what do I have to make sure that if that happens, I can quickly get back up and running. And so those are the type of things that I'm talking about where you really need to look at all your vulnerabilities and get ahead of them. Don't wait until it happens. There's always going to be something you don't anticipate. And, um, you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. But you will discover things as you begin kind of peeling back the first layer of what you do and looking at your vulnerabilities. Then you'll start being aware of it and finding other uh, instances where you could be vulnerable as well. So that's the first lesson, is to not be at the, dis at the exposed, at the disposal, I can't even say it this morning, at the disposal of one particular person, machine, process, vendor, um, or anything like that in your business that if something goes wrong with that one thing, you would be completely out of commission. Now, the second thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and I am learning the lesson slowly, uh, is how important signage is. And if you are building a brick-and-mortar business and you are, you know, you're, you're in that phase right now, you are going to find that a great deal of money will be spent on signs. And the signs that you buy can be for 
bringing people in off the road. It can also be for explaining what is going on within your establishment. There's a lot of, of places where you can put signs. And it's interesting to me as I have done, um, I guess, my fifth iteration of signs exactly <laughs> at this point, and I'm fixing the getting ready to have to. I always say fix, and that's the Alabama in me. I can't get it out of there. Um, but I, I'm getting ready to uh, have to do another sign and another uh, layout and to try to hopefully get completely done. And the thing is with me, I am, I have been on this evolution, you know, of trying to find the product that is going to stick and the product that is going to work for me. And whenever I do that, and whenever I actually get that product that works, of course that's got to be part of my sign. But what's happened so far is that I haven't found that product, and so I'm hesitant to go all in and do a lot of expensive uh, signage on my food cart because at this point it could change from week to week. And um, it's not that I'm fickle. I just know um, what I need to live off of, and if my business and the signs and the products are not producing what I need, then it's time to change something. So one of the things that I have found that it is, it's not an obvious lesson, because especially if you have something that is, that you are providing that is a completely new type of service or it's a new type of business and there is no established brand and even there's maybe no established uh, connection between what you're doing and your customers, then your signs have to do a lot of work for you. So let me give you an example. Um, I am getting ready to change some of my, my uh, food items and add some to what I'm doing. And up until now, my main sign has been my cryopop business. Well, cryopop is something that I created and that I invented um, as far as the name and, and what it actually, uh, actually selling it at a venue like a festival or a, you know, the Mallory Square celebration. And so whenever people see cryopop, they don't automatically have any relevant information about what that actually is. And it's funny because I even, even using, I know I call what I do uh, caramel corn and then I add liquid nitrogen to it. But a lot of people don't even understand when I say caramel corn, they don't understand what that is. It's not until I say it's popcorn that's caramel coated. And then they go, Oh, okay, I know. And then sometimes it'll come out like a Cracker Jack or like this, that, or the other. They don't understand um, some of the, the, what I thought was basic, real, universal language with what I'm doing. At the same time, there is no brand recognition. So essentially, what I have found is that I am having to waste a lot of time, uh, not time, waste a lot of my sign in explaining what I do so that people are actually drawn in. Um, it, I'll give you an example. There's a brick and mortar business and I love the business. I like the business so much, but it has a, uh, it's, it's a, a business in Key West and it's called Coconut Inc. You know, just the regular word coconut, which we're on the islands and we have lots of coconut trees. Um, so coconut makes sense and ink 
is the other word in the, the, the name of the business. And Coconut Ink is what they call themselves. When I saw Coconut Ink, the first thing I thought is, oh, there's a tattoo parlor. It, it's legal to get tattoos in Key West. And so I thought that was a tattoo parlor. But it's not until you get much closer to the business. Now, from the road, all you can see is Coconut Ink. And they're in a strip mall that sets pretty far back off the road. And it's not until you actually get right up on their sign that you see underneath it, it says, Making T-Shirts in Paradise. So it's not a tattoo place at all. It is a screen printer for T-Shirts. Now, nobody wants to name their business T-Shirt Printer. You know, I mean, that's not sexy. That's not eye-catching. That's not cool. And so what you have to do is you have to figure out how to communicate through your signage what you're doing with your uh, with your business, what it actually is. Um, there, there are a couple other businesses that I frequent, and one of them is called, like, Backcountry Cowboy. Now, that's a cute name. That's a clever name. But what do they do? Backcountry Cowboy. What is that? Well, upon further examination, they are... An outfitter, what what we would generally call an outfitter, they sell sporting goods, um, kayaks, bicycles, any type of, um, you know, those, those I don't want to say those outdoorsy kind of brands, but, you know, you can get the Columbia and the Ex Officio and the um, Five Fingers and the Merrells and the Keens and all those kind of um, outdoorsy type brands in that that establishment. So they sell equipment, they sell uh, accessories, and then they sell also some clothing. So they're they're essentially an outfitter. But you don't know that from Backcountry Cowboy. You think, is that, I mean, do they sell rodeo equipment? Do they sell square dancing equipment? I mean, what what is it, right? You don't, you don't even have any idea from that. So I would really try to get some feedback on your signs from people that don't know what you do. Now, I made the mistake that I've gotten feedback on my sons, especially as I iterated from one to the next to the next. But people that I got the feedback from knew what I did. And so it wasn't hard for them to, to understand my signs. So what I have realized is that with my next signs, I essentially need headlines that are going to draw people in. I don't need to spell out my entire menu on my sign. But I need to have the, you know, two or three basic things that I make spelled out on a sign. And the thing that needs to be on my sign is the most familiar thing that would resonate the most with the person that's reading the sign. So it's, it's a very, I mean, it's, it's so hard to do this in my mind because you can't, you can't look at your signs and your, uh, signage objectively. Um, at the same time, you can use signs within your business to really alleviate some confusion with customers. And so I would encourage you, don't stop for your signs uh, with road signs or outside signs. Utilize signs. I have a uh, interviewee that I did for this podcast. It was one of the very beginning interviews that I did. Her name is Carmen Sanyovi, and she has she and her husband Serge have old, uh, urban martial arts in Manhattan. 
and she utilizes a lot of signage indoors to promote other products that they sell. So in other words, they're a martial arts studio and of course they have you know karate and children's uh, classes and that sort of thing but they also do a like a weight loss kind of cardio martial art almost like a a mix of of that for uh, weight loss and for staying in shape as like a workout so they use signage and banners within their business to promote that and it's a great way to utilize the space that you have if you have somebody already coming in your business, whether it's a, a store or whether it's a retail uh, type scenario, maybe it's even like a you know a restaurant or something. And I think about all the time like if you go to those places where you order pizza and they don't have sit down uh, table service, but you order it and then you go pick it up. And you're sitting there kind of a captive audience inside their store waiting for the last five, six, seven minutes for your pizza to be ready or waiting for your number to be called. That is the time when you have the best chance of getting an additional sale. You have a best chance of advertising something to that already warm customer that can then turn them into a higher value customer. So don't miss opportunities. I mean, don't just decorate your place with decor and designer type, you know, interior decorating. Think about it from a marketing perspective. Is there window space you can use? Is there uh, areas behind the counter that you can use to further your brand or upsell a product? And I don't mean that the sign does the upselling, but maybe maybe I'm a, a, a tire company and, and I also can do a uh, extended warranty on something. Or maybe I offer some sort of lifetime service that if you buy it now, you just keep bringing it back later. Those are great places to advertise those kind of things. And when you do that, you can take your warm customer and bump up their, their lifetime value to you. And I'm trying to do this in my business, too, because I have a ooh, I have a very small window of opportunity to do this because I have people passing by my cart all the time. And clearly, my signage is not compelling enough to get them to come over and order something or even to inquire as to what flavors or what uh, products that we have. But here's the thing. If I can take a customer that would buy one thing and turn them into a customer that would now buy two things, then I have increased their their value. I've increased my average order value. And so I have found myself doing this in... Um, especially whenever it's two people. It's funny because with what I sell, many times I get people sharing. So it'll be a couple and they'll share, whether it's they're getting cryopop or they're getting ice cream or maybe even they're getting a kebab. They want to share. And I understand that. I, I do. I completely get that. But here's what I've started doing. Um, I've started selling my kebabs. They're $5 each. And I do one for five or two for eight. So... For just $3 more, they get a second one. So I sell twice as many. And then instead of having one order for $5, I've now got one order for $8. And the average sale of what I just sold turns out to be $4 per item. I would rather have the one for eight because I don't know 
that I can, you know, I'm not going to get enough people coming through paying $5 a pop. But if I could get one person to pay, then to make the leap from five to eight, it's definitely better than me only selling a $5 item. And so I did that last night and it worked and I did it for uh, kebabs. Uh, I did two for one for five, two for eight. And then with my ice cream. It's normally $8 a serving, but there were two children, and they each wanted a different flavor ice cream. So I did um, two for 14 instead of two for 16. And the perceived value and the perceived um, discount that you're getting is many times compelling enough for someone to say, you know what, I would have spent, you know, instead of spending 16 uh, for getting a CG1, we'll just share and we'll pay $8. But you know what? If you could give me two for 14 that's actually a way better deal because it drops the price. Yeah, we'll both get one. You you, you get people to make that leap by uh, showing them the perceived value. And you can use your signage to do just that within your business. Now, I am getting ready to not just... Here's the other part. With my food cart, I have so much open and usable space that I could further enhance the signage I do so that it doesn't matter what side of my food cart you're standing on, front, back, right, or left, you would be able to clearly see the top three things that I sell. And if all goes well on Monday morning, whenever I jury my new items in, I am going to have three very good selling items that should draw, I mean, it would have no reason not to have my cart being one of the busiest food carts on Mallory Square. So it's very exciting. I'm not going to tell you what all that is because that's not what this episode is about. But what I've realized is I have, right now I have one sign, it's one main banner up above. And so you really do, if you're standing in front of my cart, you really do have to look up. It's kind of like being on the first row of the movie theater. You know what I mean? You get that kick, crank, kink in your neck and you have to look up. And so I need a lot more signage. I probably need to get a sign painter to hand paint some of the trim work on my uh, cart so that it will spell out exactly what I do. I also need to utilize, I have um, the, the base of my food cart that kind of covers the, the counters and the, the bar area within my food cart uh, is covered with um, this beautiful wood lap siding and it's painted bright yellow and it's really great, but those are wide open spaces that on the front, back and sides, I need to put lower signage and I need to put things that can be um, easily seen from any direction so that essentially I'm you don't just have to be right in front of me to know what I do because by that time many times it's too late we're in a crowded pier where people can't always get down the pier so they kind of tend to sit and look and if they can't tell they can tell that there's a food cart there but well, they don't even know if it's a food cart they can tell there's a cart there and so if I'm not sending out something to draw them in they're going to stop at someone else's booth before they get to mine. So I'm really working on trying to utilize the space uh, that I have available to me. I've got beautiful square white posts that hold up the roof of my food cart and so it stretches from the countertop to the roof and there uh, many of them are almost six inches wide. It's almost like um, a six inch by four inch post and I could put signage all down through there to give people 
way more information and to just continue to draw people in. So it really gets to the point where I need to utilize every open space needs to be communicating something about what I'm selling. So that's what I'm working on. The two lessons for today is don't let your business be contingent on one one thing, one person, one piece of equipment, one product, one ingredient. With me, it's an ingredient that I'm, you know, tentative about because I don't know whether I can get access to it today. And I am going to be, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be held hostage by it until that company gets more liquid nitrogen in, unless I figure out a way and make a trip to do what I need to do to get liquid nitrogen. The other thing is get feedback on your signage from someone that does not know what you're doing. It's hard to, t I mean, if I had a name of the, a store and it was just called Robinson's, you have no basis for knowing what that store does. Now, if it says Robinson's Auto Parts, I have a better idea. But it's funny because I find myself doing this all the time. Um, I go by stores, and especially since I'm new to the area, I'm kind of the perfect test case for this. And all the time, I will read signage, and I'll be like, I don't know what they do. I don't really understand what that is. You know, what that is. is it this, that, or the other? And sometimes my perceptions of what I think it is or what my mind puts out there is completely wrong, just like the coconut ink. I thought it was a tattoo place. I thought it was a really upscale, nice tattoo place because it had really great signage. And you know how a lot of times tattoo parlors, uh, they're a real dark and they're, you know, they have kind of uh, tattooish looking signs. And this one didn't. It was bright and tropical and coconut ink. And I thought, you know, they're really doing some cool tattoos in there and it turns out it's not tattoos at all it's t-shirts so um, so signage is very important and I will tell you some of the changes I'll be making once I get to the point of uh, getting my final hopefully hopefully knock on wood my final iterations of my products down pat and then I will uh, let you know what changes I've made. I'll probably even post some pictures because I have. I'll definitely have some before and after pictures, and just really trying to utilize the space I have because that's my only marketing space. And the good thing about my business is that I have a mobile food cart, so anything I put on that cart is like a advertisement as I drive into Key West every day. Now I do have to remember this. Uh, <laughs> I always joke as I get really into Key West every day with my you know, pulling my food car behind me. I get to a point where there's a lot of walking traffic, right? Especially as you get in downtown in the heart of Key West, getting very close to the Mallory Square area where we actually do the sunset celebration. And it's so funny because in my mind, I have to constantly remind myself that I am pulling a food cart that is easily identifiable. And if a pedestrian steps out and wants to go across in front of me, if I cut them off or if I somehow give them other than a pleasant look, they're going to know exactly who I am. And they're going to have an opportunity probably later on in just an hour or so to interact with me. And that will not be a pleasant experience. So I want to make sure that I am always gracious when I'm driving with that thing on uh, the back of my car. Um, I want to make sure that I am courteous. I want to make sure that I'm giving people the right of way. I mean, you just have to become more conscious when you're a walking advertisement or a writing advertisement for your business. And so with that, I have 
some opportunities with some additional signage that could be a whole lot more explicit about what my business actually is and what services we provide. So those are the two lessons today taken from my experience and my business. And listen, thank you so much for following along. This podcast is about local business. It's about me uh, starting what I'm doing in my local business here in Key West. And you can do the same thing too. Any resources that I have, I will be more than happy to share with you. I'm an open book, want to be transparent with every single thing that I do. And I appreciate you coming along on this journey with me. And so I wanted to share those lessons because they're very hitting very close to home right now uh, because there's something that I'm struggling with. And even though I've made now, I guess, five sets of signs, I wish I could, I need to find, what I need to find is something to do with all the signs that are no longer being utilized because um, that's some really great vinyl and uh, it's just sitting here in my garage. So anyway, um, and it probably won't be the last time I'll change my signs, but I'm getting better at it. And the more generic I can be with fewer, uh, the more clear I can be with the fewer amount of words, um, the better off I'm going to be. So still working on that. It's a work in progress. Listen, go out and make it a great day. Take one action today that will get you closer to living the life of your dreams. That's all you got to do is just one action today. What will it be? If you take it today, you won't have any regrets tomorrow. And then you take another action tomorrow. And before you know it, you've just connected consecutive days of taking action, working on your dream. You know the old saying, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. So if you didn't plant your tree 20 years ago, who wouldn't? It's time to plant your tree today. You can't go back and undo 20 years worth of not planting your tree. you got to start today. So go ahead and get your seed in the ground. Take one action today. If you're listening to this podcast on a podcast player, no matter what it is, iPhone, Android, uh, on your computer, Go in and subscribe to the podcast. I would also love it if you're in there. Leave us a rating or a review. It's not that difficult to do once you're already in there downloading our podcast. We'd love to have your feedback. We'd love to have your ratings. We'd love to know what you think. And by doing those two things, subscribing and then rating and reviewing our podcast, you help us be found by more people. So um, thank you again for joining me on this journey, and I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.